to part two of the six-part series, Conversations About Influence. In this segment, we'll hear about confidence, how to gain it, and how it relates to your ability to influence. Let's join now with our speakers, B. Kim Barnes, Mary Walter, and Alan Cohen. I say when I'm teaching men and women that one thing I don't know how to teach directly is confidence. At some level, the only way you get it is by doing things where you're not confident and finding out that you don't crumble and dissolve when you do something and it works or it doesn't work. It doesn't even have to be successful. You find out that you're still able to walk and talk afterwards. So for women who often do say, how do I get to be confident? And for men who get around to it, the answer partly is design chances for you to do small things, try it, find out what happens, modify it a little bit, try it again. It's entrepreneurial thinking. That's what we teach all the time. We've got some wonderful examples from women, actually, about where they learn to be more confident and assertive. It doesn't come by somebody saying, do it. You have to actually do it. It's an experiential skill. One of the things that that has come up very often when we teach our influencing class, exercising influence, is what do I do when I start doing something and I realize I've made a mistake or I'm not coming off well or something is going on. And one of the things that we teach is how to use disclosing as a way of helping bring yourself back to confidence as well as getting a response from other people that enhances your confidence instead of destroying it. So by just saying, you know what? I got my numbers wrong on that. Let me do that again. Or even, you know, I just got very defensive. I would like to take a step back and really listen to what you have to say. But anytime that you are willing to make that kind of personal disclosure, that can actually release some stress, help you gain confidence, and it certainly creates support on the part of the people that you're influencing. I couldn't agree more, Kim. I call it naming the game. That's the way you get out of any tough situation. You say, well, this is where I am. This is where you seem to be. Is that what's really going on? That's how you deal with somebody who's uh, trying to out-tough you, talk you down, use their uh, more assertive style, their more aggressive style, their conviction that if they talk tough, you'll back off and they'll win is by not trying to out-tough them because chances are they're better at it than you are if they're doing it, but by saying, oh, so you think that by shouting at me, I'm going to just evaporate and disappear. It doesn't work on me. That's, you name the game, which usually evaporates the, the uh, advantage to the other side. That's right. So I completely agree with what you're saying. That's how self-disclosure works. And after you've done it once or twice successfully, you get more confident. I would say, though, that self-disclosure that makes you vulnerable rather than making the other person vulnerable is the thing that really helps you gain confidence. I think when you disclose how you feel about someone else, that has a different impact. Right. Okay. Also true. Yeah. And I really like your thought, too, about do the thing. And, you know, I, I've been saying to people that confidence is after courage. You know, have the courage yes. to do the thing, and that's going to give you the confidence. Sometimes I feel like people are waiting for the confidence to do the thing, and it's actually flipped. Yeah. So have the courage first. That'll bring you the confidence, to your point, Alan, and then you'll pick up these wins along the way and start to feel it. You can't teach courage. It's something you'd have to do. Yeah. 
And if you have it, you can be vulnerable. You can mess up and say, oops, I messed up. Yeah. You can only do that if you believe that the world won't kill you for messing up. Yeah, and I, I think it's such a great point. And how do you get rid of that fear? How do you get courage? So if you need the courage to have confidence, how do you get the courage? And, you know, one thing that you teach in Exercising Influence, Kim, is planning. And I think planning a difficult conversation or an influencing event allows you to do two things. First of all, it releases some of that anxiety because you realize what's the very worst thing that can happen. If you plan for that, first of all, you realize it's probably not going to happen and the wor- you'll survive the worst. But it also allows you to come in with the confidence and with courage because now you have a plan, you're equipped. Um, I think that's a great way to give yourself that courage to move forward. Role playing with a buddy. Mm-hmm. Get well, somebody you trust. Think think of the worst case scenario and play that out. Then you know what you would do if the worst things happen, which as you point out, Mary, very rarely does happen. Mm-hmm. But at least you come in knowing that you can handle that. Right. You have just listened to part two of six in the Conversations About Influence podcast. Thank you for listening. To hear more of the conversation, please continue to the next podcast.